Welcome to the Ascended Self Podcast. I'm Sarah Benson, Reiki master, mindset coach, and intuitive reader. With me today is my amazing producer, Brooke Robichaux, the one and only sober biz babe. Here on the Ascended Self Podcast, we talk about all things spirituality, mindfulness, and holistic wellness. So if you're looking for inspiration and you're ready to embark on your spiritual or healing journey, then tune in every Wednesday to tap into this energy and transcend on your path to wellness. See you there. Welcome to the Ascended Self Podcast. I am Sarah Benson, holistic wellness practitioner, Reiki master, psychic medium. Today with me, of course, we have Brooke, the producer of this podcast, who is also a newly certified sober coach and multi-talented web designer. And today we also have a special guest, which I'm so excited about and been looking forward to, Anna from Karuna Soul Living. She is a certified crystal practitioner and intuitive energy healer. So welcome, everybody. Welcome, Anna. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. Well, I'm going to jump right in. I want to ask you, um, when you first realized that you had spiritual gifts? Well... I feel like I've, I haven't maybe really known, but I've always been attracted or been felt, felt like a calling to this kind of work. I can still remember um, being intrigued with like palm reading and things like that. I think I remember telling you that I, I had a book that I got when I was a kid from the library that I still technically have of palm reading. So it was like in second or third grade. Um, but I started to notice Closer when I was in my early teens, when I could start like seeing things, I would see um, people sometimes, um, shadows. Sometimes uh, I would have feelings like physical, physically being pushed. And so that was that was around my teen years when I started to notice that I had some. I don't know if I'd call it abilities, but I had like that sensitivity. I get I guess towards that. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. Oh my gosh. I bet that was really scary to like actually be physically pushed yes. by spirits. Yes. And so when that happened, I was actually, I was at my house and I went outside um, and I was doing something. I forgot what it was, maybe feeding the dogs or something. And as I, as I was walking back in, somebody pushed me inside, pushed me through the door. I mean, I was opening the door. Some, somebody pushed me in. I looked back and there was like this like dark mist cloud behind me and it freaked me out. I started yelling and I closed the door and I ran to my mom and, you know, and she kind of freaked out too, wondering what is going on, my poor baby kind of thing. And that kind of like started to open up um, the world of, you know, spirits and contacting people or people trying to contact me. Um, that's when it kind of really started to open up. My mother took me to a, actually two, to two healers in Spanish. You would call them curanderas or curanderos to figure out what was going on. Um, I don't think we really got that many answers or really good answers. It was still left with questions. But uh, the main answer I guess I got from those visits was that I am sensitive people or people who have passed or whatever you want to call it spirits are know that I can see them or I have a sensitivity to them and they're trying to connect communicate however they can and one of a one of them even said they can see that other people around you 
are not that sensitive. So they don't bother them because my mom and my dad and my sister never felt any of these weird things in our house or anything like that. So they were kind of wondering why just me. And they told them it's because she has that sensitivity towards it and she's open to it. So they don't really try as hard with them that, you know, they know that I'll see, I'll actually see it kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty exciting. Did that happen throughout your childhood? Like into Um, adolescence, teenage, twenties? Yes, actually it did. But because, I mean, obviously it's kind of scary and I had nobody to really talk to about it or how to develop it, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. I was kind of raised in the culture that that's that's bad and you know you know you need to go bless the house and take their their demons and things like that or you know go back to church or something like that go to the priest and so I did my best to ignore a lot of things and and looking back at it now I think it was um, because I I tried to ignore and put it away um, my spirit guides or the spirits around me kind of saw that I was a closed door now so they would, I didn't really see that that often anymore. However, every now and then something would happen. I mean, it happened all the way till I was in college. I remember there was this, there's this um, shadow figure that has followed me. When I was living at home, when I was growing up, there was a shadow figure that I would see at the, the door of, my, of my, my bedroom in the middle of the night. And for whatever reason, I, I wasn't scared but I didn't like it, but it was just there. And then I saw that same figure in college, again, at the door of my bedroom. Like I woke up in the middle of the night and it was just there. I mean, a very distinct figure. It wasn't like a mist this time. It was like, see the arms and the legs and that kind of thing. And so I don't see that figure as much anymore. Now it's other things and more detailed things, but that figure, not that, not so much anymore, but yeah, I feel like it's been part of my life ever since, but just whether or not I was open to seeing it versus, um, no, I don't want to deal with it right now and ignoring it. Wow. That is so <laughs> incredible. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine how confusing that would be <laughs> as a young kid and trying to find some answers and support through that. Right. Um, So you talked a little bit about like growing up and now things are a little different for you. What is that like? Like, when did you decide to be more open to this and really start exploring your spiritual gifts? Well, so I, I grew up, um, and raised, um, I love my parents and they did their best and to raise me the way that I was raised, you know, encouraged me to go to college, you know, get a, you know, become a professional of some sort and, uh, yeah, so that's what I did. I went all the way to become an attorney and really tried, started to really ignored a lot of the things that were calling me to do and what would really make me happy because this is supposed to make me happy being an attorney, being able to support my family, making money, and those kinds of things. So, anyways, around it was around the end of 2017, 2018, when things started to get pretty bad. Um, emotionally, um, I, I hit a rock bottom in depression and didn't know what to do. I had, um, thoughts of suicide 
and it was it was pretty tough i mean by this by this time i'm i'm married i have two kids at the time and you know i was working as an attorney so you know in from the outside looking in it should have been like well she's happy and she has everything she wants so you know of course i wouldn't be thinking of suicide but anyway so then around it was towards like like i said the end of 2017 going to 2018 i hit pretty bad and then when i realized that i was thinking of suicide i went to my doctor got on medication and started the journey towards figuring out what's going on and really stepping back and seeing what what's going on why am i not happy i should be happy and that's when i think it started to open up okay well what does make me happy so then 2019 comes around um and I just dive into yoga. I'd always wanted to go into yoga, um, just never find the right program or anything like that. And finally, it was like fate. So I started a yoga, pro, uh, a yoga training program and became a yoga teacher. And I think that that was like the gateway the, <laughs> that opened me up to spiritual, spirituality that's more than just a church or, or a specific religion. And I feel like it was assigned to my guides to be like, oh, she's ready to start working with us again. Let's like slowly, you know, get going in and give her signs. And so it was like, really, it was just like once once I did that, it was it just opened a lot of things. And then in 2000, you know, 2020, the pandemic hit and all the things that were going on in my life that should have been made making me happy we're taking a big hit like for everybody right going through 2020 i i decided to take um a deeper dive into yoga but not just the the practice the asana the physical you know going to a class kind of a thing but also the yoga as a way of life the the history the spirituality part of it and i took a 300 hour jiva mukti training and when i came out of that that was like somebody had turned on the light and i knew i had a bigger purpose that just wasn't really specifically what i had been doing for the last 40 somewhat years <laughs> and so that was where i started to go more towards okay what makes me happy and i was doing a, i basically started my my journey and my search for that to where i am now Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful and so relatable. I just want to thank you for opening up and sharing that deep. Um, I think there's a lot of people listening that need to hear exactly what you went through. And I know a lot of our listeners can relate to that. I can relate to that for sure. Those broken moments sometimes lead to like our beautiful spiritual awakenings and journeys that open us up. And I know Sarah's talked about it before. Most spiritual practitioners, we have some sort of trauma, some sort of depression, mental health struggles or something that we've, we've come through and that we find healing in this work, right? Um, so just, I don't want to thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, well, thank you for giving me a platform to share it. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely true. I think that, um, you know, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts before. So anybody who's curious, you can go back and talk or listen to the episodes about embracing change or facing your subconscious mind. But I think it's really important to address that a lot of spiritual people and healers are still human and we still have human emotions. We still, oh, I actually just got goosebumps. Thank you, Spirit. Um, we can we can still have 
battles as other humans do, um, like depression, anxiety, other mental health stuff, suicidal ideation is a big one. I know a lot of healers who started their spiritual journey, their awakening started when the lights went out, you know, and then the lights turned on, but they had to turn, you have to have the darkness to see the light. And uh, yeah, I just think that's really beautiful. I would love to talk to you about um, something we talked about before, and that's your work with crystals. I know that talking about Reiki healing and, and intuition and working with spirits is something that gets talked about in this area often, but um, crystals and what they do and how to work with them is something that I don't hear a lot about. So I'd love to hear your experience with that. Okay, well, I became a certified crystal practitioner um, through the hibiscus moon method. And um, there's many different ways that people can learn about using crystals and being a practitioner with crystals. And so my journey with the crystals actually started kind of reluctantly, I guess. I, I was like, oh, they're pretty rocks and that's okay. But I was told twice by my spirit guides that this was something you really need to look into this and chakras because those were the two topics that i was like i avoid it really a lot i was like mm, that's way too much information i don't want to deal with it but but it like they say it's like usually when it's something that you're trying to avoid it's probably something you really need to like learn and focus on so that's what i did i started to look into that and i realized that this is what i was supposed to do that's why i was getting messages and signs nice and pretty straightforward messages that this is where you need to go and so i started learning about crystals and i apply them to my some of my healing um methods the where i look at the chakras of somebody say somebody comes into my into my space into my office um start working with their energy and seeing where their energy is being blocked and the crystals depending on the crystal um, can help amplify and realign that energy so that the energy can flow more smoothly for that person. And so it's not just like any crystal on any part of the body. Yeah, there's specific crystals and there's specific places on where, where you put them. And so I, I, I've been on that journey and I'm still on that journey on how to use different crystals for energy healing. And as an intuitive, um i've started to notice because this wasn't stuff that they taught me when i took my certification um i noticed that this is the way that a lot of my um clairs i guess are coming out more like my clair audience um which is uh clairvoyance um are starting to come out when i do my my sessions i'll start hearing things and so it's been it's been exciting and a blessing. I feel that that my guides or the person's guides are using that opportunity. It's like, okay, they're here. Let's let's start talking, and I'll I'll get messages, and I'll sometimes tell the client if I feel they're open to it. And so far, ten out of ten, I've been pretty spot on on being able to tell them what's going on that I that I hear or see. So it's exciting. Yeah, that is super exciting. I love that. I love that that's your experience. Because um, I had the same experience where, yeah, going in and I can see Brooke nodding because <laughs> she knows it started with 
oh, I'm going to do energy healing because I think I have these gifts. And it turned into now going into sessions with people. The universe is bringing me other gifted people. And what happens is when I tap into their energy system, I see things, I hear things, the messages come through where the healing needs to take place, where there's energy stored in there. And it's like, oh, okay, this is what the purpose is. This is what my gifts are. But it started with learning how to do traditional Yusui Reiki yes. and doing that healing and using that energy. Got goosebumps again. What's going on? Got a fever? <laughs> But yeah, definitely, definitely relatable. And I think it's important to talk about these things too, because the people who are going to be listening to this are the people who have had the same experiences that we have. And I'm hoping somebody's listening, going, yay, yay, and getting that validation. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to know, like, what is it like hearing your guides and connecting with them? Like, how, how does that work for you? And what are some tips maybe for someone that's just getting into their spiritual practice that wants to start connecting to their guides, wants to start working with crystals. Like what advice do you have for someone getting started? Well, so for me, um, what it's like on, I guess on my side, it's, it's exciting for me and, and I embrace it. If you had asked me maybe 10 years ago, I would have been like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not ready for that. Don't do that. But now I actively out loud will say, I need a sign or you need to be able to, give me a clear message or I'm ready to, to, you know, to hear, or how do I say this? Like to receive any message in any way or shape, form or manner that you want to give it to me. I'm ready for it. I'm open to it. And I, I want you to do that. So it's kind of like giving permission. And so, um, so that's what I was going to say is that I kind of feel like as advice, if somebody was was open to their to exploring their gifts, there's definitely ways, and there's many books, um, there's many podcasts of, and um, healers that you can speak to and try to see on how different ways to improve your gifts. Um, but for me, what the way that I feel like it's that's working for me is that I'm now very vocal with my spirit guides. I talk with them all the time. I've been told on many occasions many occasions that one of my my grandmothers specifically my maternal grandmother is now my guide and so I talk to her all the time and she sends me signs to let me know that it is her so I basically tell my guides I am open um I know I wasn't in the past but now I am so please you know floodgates are open I'm accepting all kinds of messages from you I want to know so they try harder um I guess, so that I can get a clear message because I'm still learning. So I want to make sure that I, whatever I'm uh, message I'm receiving is I'm interpreting it the right way. And so for me, the way that I get messages is I, I start to, well, I start to hear things like literally my ears I've seen, I've heard um, loud ringing in the beginning. I've noticed that that was, that's been there in my life completely for the longest time. I just thought I had an ear problem, but I realized it was my clairaudience. I'd hear fluttering on certain, on certain occasions. And I, I literally thought that a moth had gone into my ear and was trying to get out because I would hear fluttering often. I haven't heard the fluttering in a while, but um, I can, I can hear electronic devices turning on from like across the house 
because my ears are really sensitive. Um, and so for me, I will hear ringing. Sometimes I get very direct thoughts. So if I'm thinking about something, all of a sudden something interrupts my thought with something that's completely different that I'm not even thinking about, I know that's a message from one of my guides. So I get very distinct messages or words. And now I'm starting to slowly get images and feelings. And, and I need to, uh, the only thing that I'm trying to do now is trying to interpret those because they're not always very literal. It's there, it's for my guides, they try to figure out how does, how does this make her feel? And so she can get a general idea of what the kind of message we need to give to this person, if that makes sense. So it's not directly, if I hear the word Chicago, it's not often, it's not, well, there's something about Chicago for you. It's actually, cause Chicago is special for me cause that's where I went to law school and I lived for about five years. So what does Chicago mean to me? That's what they're trying to, the message they're trying to send to that person, that same feeling, that same meaning or whatever, you know, in the context of our session. So that's how I'm starting to still learn that, but that's how I get messages. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. Actually, I want to touch on that. You're talking about law school. How mm -hmm. has your spiritual spirituality like affected your law practice? Has it? And like, what do people at work think? <laughs> Well, thankfully, I'm a solo practitioner, so I work by myself. Uh, so it's it's okay. I mean, I think we're okay, me and myself and I, we're good with it. <laughs> but um, I feel like it's helped me um, during when I because when I was really into my law office, and my law office is still open. I'm still working as that. That's my day job, and so um, I really do feel like it's my. I'm able to empathize with people a lot easier, I feel, and I can understand what they're going through. And sometimes I get images. I didn't realize that to, in the beginning, but I'm looking back and the way they've described things that happened to them in the past and the countries they came from. I'm an immigration attorney, so I get people from all over the world. I get images and later when I talk to them, the, the things that they told me really matched the image that I, I had in, in my head. But I feel like I, I'm able to connect with them a little deeper on more, I don't know if it's a deeper on a spiritual level, but just on a connection from human being to human being, so to speak. And um, I don't think it's impacted um, negatively my, my practice. I feel it's only enhanced my practice, if anything. Yeah, I think that's definitely ties in with the intuitive part, right? I think that because you have all the clairs, mm -hmm. right? right? So whether you <laughs> knew that or not, you do. And uh, <laughs> I think with that, you can really pick up on who people are energetically and where they're at. And, and then you'll know kind of how to navigate conversations, what to right. approach, what not to approach, um, gosh, I can't even imagine how intense that must be at some, at some times to be around all that anxious energy and being yeah. so sensitive. What do you do to keep yourself safe and grounded in that line of work? Well, for a long time, again, I didn't really, cause I started my practice in 2015. I've been a lawyer since 2009. So those years leading up to 2018, when things kind of 
hit rock bottom, I didn't have any kind of a practice on how to block energy or realize that what I'm taking, what I'm feeling is not my feelings. It's I'm taking on somebody else's feeling. I would take it as that's the way I feel. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxious and that kind of thing. So I didn't do anything to protect myself for a long time. And it really took a toll on me. I mean, I, I mean, I had serious nightmares, very serious, waking up crying, waking up sweating and, you know, yelling and things like that, that I would take people's energy in. But now um, that I've been working with this side of my life, more on the healing, uh, energy healing, I now, what I do now is that I, I ground myself before I'll, in the beginning of the day, wake up and I ground myself um, and envision protection around me and basically saying things like, um, this is my energy. I don't allow um, any outside energy to come in. Um, you know, the only energy that can come in is if I allow it and it's positive and only for my highest good. You know, it's like small things like that I'll say in the beginning of the day. And then once at the end of the day, once I've you know seen a lot of clients, heard of a lot of uh, many heartbreaking stories. I mean, gut wrenching things that are, I don't know. I don't want to talk about the whole other podcast for that, but uh, <laughs> um, I'll go home and just take a moment to decompress. I like to use um, incense or sage or something to kind of remove the negativity. And um, I've been able to, to really protect my, my energy in a good way and still not, and still not um, impact negatively my relationship with my clients or the, the kind of work that I do for them. The quality of work is not impacted. I can still be there for them. I can still feel what they're feeling. It's just now I'm not taking it home or internalizing it and it's staying there for days, weeks, or years. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. That is so important. I, mean, I know there's so many people probably right now at work coming home, <laughs> feeling that energy from the day, not even knowing what's going on. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I would love to hear about your business and like what, when somebody is struggling and they're not sure what to do, um, when would you recommend they, they seek out like spiritual healers or crystal healing and start getting into that? Do they have to hit rock bottom or could it be... No, I think, I don't know, definitely to come and speak with or get some sort of energy healing services from, from me or from anybody. I don't think you have to hit rock bottom. Um, I feel like if you're in tuned with what's going on in your body and you kind of feel like there's something off, assuming that everything physically is okay with you, right? You know, you go to a doctor and make sure that everything's good, but you still feel like, no, there's still like energetically, there's, there's something off. I've had people tell me that I just don't feel good. I feel negative energy around me. And I feel like those people are a little bit more in tuned with what's going on. They can tell when things are okay versus when things are not so okay. And I feel like if, if a person feels that, that there is this negative energy or this there, they just don't feel right. That maybe try something like Reiki or crystal healing to see if it's, if there's a, a blockage in energy in the, the energy flow in their body. And if it is, you know, hopefully one session will help sometimes not really depending on how bad the, the energy is not moving or is moving in the wrong direction um, that they can, they can, move past it. And sometimes the, the kind of energy that I do, 
um, energy work that I do is that I work with the chakras and I tell them like, look, I'm going to go in into your energetic space. You're allowing me to go in. So you're going to start to feel energy moving. I'm not touching you. I've just placed crystals and that's it. I don't touch you, but you'll start feeling energy move, moving. And I don't want you to feel like once this is done, you're going to leave here being like, oh, this is wonderful. I feel so great. So I feel healed. It's like, that doesn't happen all the time because if there's a chakra that is blocked, it's probably blocked for a reason that there is some sort of emotional trauma or issue that you haven't dealt with or you thought you did. And um, I'm going to be unclogging that basically so that the energy can come flow. But when you unclog it, it comes up to the surface. So it may be pretty harsh or maybe pretty bad or maybe um hit you really hard that you're like, oh, I didn't know I was still mad about this, or I didn't know I was still carrying this um, trauma and I just didn't deal with it. So it's gonna come up to the surface. And so you need to be able to be prepared to decide, are you gonna deal with it or is it gonna go back down? And then the energy is not gonna be flowing again and you're gonna continue on with this. I don't feel good, something's off. I feel this negative energy. And so I prepare my clients for that, but. Yeah, that's how I, I had done with that. Sorry, I might have lost, I might not have answered your question, sorry. No, I think you totally did. Um, I just have one more question for you before we say goodbye today. Um, I noticed that you are wearing a lot of crystals. So I just wanna ask one thing as a certified crystal practitioner, can you tell me your top five crystals and why? Okay. Well, first of all, all the crystals that I'm wearing right now are probably not that good of an idea. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing too many. Actually, my, I, my teacher would probably be not so happy, but I like them. They're, I'm not wearing them for specific reasons. I'm just wearing because I think they're pretty right now. But my top five that I, I really, really like, um, I like Citrine. Citrine has been there from the beginning. And it just, my love of it just keeps growing and growing. Um, citrine, I do Labradorite. Labradorite's one of my favorites. That oh, one- What does that one do? Okay, well, that one is a very, um, so <laughs> Labradorite, I would say is uh, one of those crystals that you can use them for, or a stone that you can use for all the chakras, really. It's good for the third eye, it's good for the root um the root chakra and it's one of those that can really if you want to open your 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 communication with your guides your spirituality your intuition that's a really good stone to use and it's one of my favorites and i'm not i have them over here but um yeah and i've even before i got into crystals a lot of my jewelry was labradorite and i didn't know it and i was like oh this is it i didn't know this was it i already had been using it so citrine labradorite um i do like amethyst amethyst is a is a safe go-to bet for a lot of things and um let me see what else i was like oh i'm putting on the spot for five i like them all oh tiger's eye tiger's eye is a good one and that's a really um for lack of a better word, basic. I would, I mean, I don't like to like say this is a better crystal or this crystal, but tiger's eye is, is, is usually pretty easy to find. They have them in most crystal shops. It's like one of the typical ones that you'll find tiger's eye, but it's a really good stone for grounding. And um, 
And so I really enjoy that one because I can be kind of flighty sometimes and, and I need that pull back down. So then I actually have it, right? I'm wearing tiger's eye today <laughs> because nice. I, said I can kind of like get a little bit flighty sometimes. Um, so that's three. So, oh yes, I was trying to think, I was like, cause I, I'm keep on hearing this one crystal and I was like, but that's not, I mean, it's a really good crystal, but it's not one of my favorites. So I'm kind of afraid of that one, but one that I am afraid, I mean, I do like a lot is, um, Liberian desert glass. Oh, I never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that one was happened, um, many years ago. I don't know the exact millions of years ago when a meteorite crashed into the uh, Liberian desert. And when it exploded, of course, sand came out and, you know, all this other stuff came out. And then when it crystallized or the heat impact with the sand, it made these glass kind of stone things uh, or crystals that, you know, you can now use. So it's technically not a crystal that was made here in the earth, but it's from it's from the universe they, they, and it happened when the meteorite crashed. And so that's one of my favorites. It's a pretty strong crystal. Um, I don't wear it often because when I do, I realize that um, things around me start moving a little bit faster and sometimes I'm not ready for it yet. And then meaning, meaning just that I'm still working on other stuff. So I'm like, I'm not there. I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet. So when I am, I, I bring that, that back in. I start working with it again. I also like one of my other favorites is the Herkimer diamond. That yes. one, that one, as you know, it was, it's from Herkimer, New York, and it looks like a diamond. And I think I have them. Oh no, I didn't wear them today. I, was like, <laughs> I didn't wear it today. Um, I used to have some studs and some other jewelry from it. Um, that one is also a good one. I use that one for, for the crown chakra. It's a really good way to connect to your higher self and and there's sometimes they're really tiny but it's a strong strong stone i don't use it that often with my clients but when i do i make sure that they know that it's this little teeny tiny one that i have i mean i have other sizes but the ones that i have it's 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 really strong and um one of these days i'm going to go to new york and do some of that mining that they have there where you can actually mine for them but that's one of my favorites i think that's is that four or five that was six. Oh, that was six. Oh, yes. Sorry. Oh, Which sorry. is great. No, that's exciting. So you said citrine, labradorite, amethyst, oh, that's tiger's right. eye, Liberian desert glass, and Herkimer diamond. So that's cool. The Liberian, Liberian, am I saying that right? I feel like I'm saying librarian. <laughs> Liberian <laughs> desert glass. Um, I have something with a similar backstory, and I'm just curious if it's just called a different name and it's the same thing, Moldavite. Yeah, that was what was keeping them coming. Like, they were telling me, say Moldavite, say Moldavite. And you're like, like, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, I want to say that I wanted to include that on my list. It is one of my favorites, but I didn't want to come across as because like, oh, it's because of the hype that recently came out um, that everybody, oh, everybody's trying to look for Moldavite and doesn't really know what it's for. But I've done my research and I have a lot of Moldavite pieces. I rarely, rarely use them or wear them. Cause again, with the, just like the Liberian um, Moldavite is even faster. And I'm sometimes I'm not really prepared for that. And so, but it's, it's very similar 
similarly made is just in it's it actually happened in the Czech Republic mm -hmm. where it actually was the meteorite crashed and then so you can find it there. There's some places where it's there are literal pieces on the ground that you can just pick up. But I think that now I think because of COVID, they stopped mining them. And so now it's even harder to find. And then just so so coincidentally coincides when it's hype came up. So they're now they're really expensive. I had a I have a friend who who owns a crystal shop and she says when I asked her about Moldavite, she had any, she was like, Oh my God, you will not believe. She was like, I told her about the hype because she doesn't she didn't know about it. And she said, she was like, really? She was like, I had one this big, huge chunk that she could not sell for years at her crystal. She has so like, it was really big. And by by like she was like, I couldn't get rid of it. So finally I just went, gave it to them for a hundred dollars. Some guy took it for a hundred dollars. This big. Oh my gosh. Like that for like a hundred dollars. So for anyone listening and not watching, we're gonna compare it to the size of the new iPhone. Right. <laughs> Probably bigger. Yes. It was, it was a big chunk. She said the way she described it and showed me with her hands. So I was like, my goodness, you could wow. have got a lot of money for that one. But, but yeah, so totally. Yeah. Because of the hype. I mean, it's a really good stone. Um, but also because like I said, there was the hype and then because of COVID they've, you know, stopped um, collecting it and selling it for in a lot of the parts of it. So it just prices went up. It's so funny that that was what your guides were telling you because that's like so part of Sarah's journey is getting Moldavite <laughs> and then life just changing completely. As soon as you said my guides are telling me to say something, I was like, it's totally Moldavite. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. And then I mean, and then you understand why. It's like I I would start wearing a little little pieces here and there, and it was going really fast. And for me, I tried to explain. It's like it's like a band aid. Um, when we're taking off a band aid. Moldavite's just like. Shush. We're going to take it off, whether you pull hairs off or not, we're just going to take it off. Liberian desert glass is like, we'll go slow. We're going to go to the same place, but we'll take it. We'll take you slowly there, more gentle, but we, we, but we will get the job done. So that's why I kind of like the Liberian one, Liberian desert glass, and that they work good together too. Yeah, I bet they do. The Moldavite I bought, actually, it's a ring, which was over $100 yes. for this tiny little Moldavite. But it's it has Herkimer diamonds. It's yes. a Herkimer diamond, Moldavite, Herkimer diamond. And the reason is because the Herkimer diamond grounds the energy of the Moldavite. So yes. you still get propelled into your path. You still get shown the things you need to see. You still have all the energy of the fast moving, you know, yes. DeLorean, back to the future. <laughs> yes. um, but with some protection at the same time right yeah 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 my pieces are sitting there and i know they call to me every now and then i'm just like mm, not ready yet i and i have a couple of rings and it's like i will and then i just know this i know that i'm starting to trust my intuition more so that when they're not calling me i don't pick it up just yet so when the crystal calls for me, then I'll start wearing it again. But it's always, it's not always that I, that I'm being called to work, to work with Moldavite just yet. <laughs> I went to look at some when I was up in Whistler and I asked um, the cashier, I'm like, okay, tell me about this. Cause my, cause Sarah had just got hers and I, I watched what happened to her life. And I'm like, that's really exciting. And they told me it's, it's, if you have anxiety and you're not very grounded, it can be very disheveling. Like it kind of just lifts you up and picks you up and 
you're going with the wind, right? right. I was right. like, okay, I'm not ready. <laughs> what do we have that's grounding that keeps me on earth right now? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Oh, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for coming and sharing, Anna. I am absolutely thrilled to get to know you and we have to stay in touch. Um, can you tell our audience where they can find you and how they can start connecting with you and your services? Oh, well, thank you guys for having me so much. Um, I really enjoyed this. This is my first and y'all made it so fun and easy. I get nervous really quickly. Um, so thank you for that. Um, you can find me at my website, um, Karuna Soul Living, that's K-A-R-U-N-A, soulliving.com, and I have my services are listed there, and I do also perform distance, crystal healing and Reiki and those kinds of things as well. So you don't have to be here where I'm at. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure um, having this conversation with you and learning about your journey and the things that you had to, well, not had to, that you chose to overcome and push through to be the real authentic version of you. So thank you. I'm honestly honored to have you on the podcast today. And I knew as soon as I saw you, um, I think it was on Instagram. I was like, I want to have a conversation with her. I just saw the energy right through the screen. So thank, thank you. you so much for being here. Thank you. Um, yeah. If you want to learn more about the Ascended Self podcast or services from me with Ascended Self, please go to www.ascendedself.com or you can find me on every social media platform at ascended.self. <laughs>